Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. Today, we're going to talk about the most exciting time of year. It's pumpkin season. Oh my gosh. From donuts to pancakes to pumpkin spice lattes. We don't really care how basic pumpkin is. We can't get enough of it. And today we'll be sharing some of our very favorite pumpkin recipes to celebrate fall. (laughs) Can we start by talking about the very entertaining controversy around pumpkin? We don't really get it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I I get it. And I'm very entertained sitting back and eating my bowl of popcorn, watching people fight about whether we should like pumpkin spice or not. Right. And we have had kind of an obsession with pumpkin spice. It has gotten a little bit off the rails, I think, because there are so many other great fall flavors. Right. This morning to welcome fall, I did not get a pumpkin spice latte. I got a honey cardamom oat milk latte. Yeah. There are other wonderful warm flavors out there, but... I think that pumpkins are also awesome. They're awesome all year round. Yeah. I guess I'm making the argument that we shouldn't limit pumpkin cooking just to the fall. Oh, okay. I I want it to take over and be year round. Well, the thing that I think is interesting, too, is that there's pumpkin. There's the actual pumpkin that Mm -hmm. we're dealing with. The squash. Is it a squash? Yeah, it's a winter squash. The winter squash pumpkin. But then there's also, I think, what a lot of people are thinking of when they think of a pumpkin spice latte or something like that. They're thinking of the warming spices Mm -hmm. that are paired with the pumpkin that go so well. The thing we're sort of pining for when we're pining for that like fall pumpkin thing is like the nutmeg, the cinnamon, the, you know, all of those warming spices, like the way they make your house smell when you're cooking with them. Mm -hmm. Um, The two things kind of have become one in the zeitgeist, but you could use pumpkin in other ways that doesn't include those warming spices, too, which then makes it far more versatile year round. Yes, I totally agree. I think there is like a Pavlov's dog type component going on to pumpkin spice, too, where you know, you're walking down the street and someone has a pumpkin spice latte and you catch like a whiff of it. It reminds you like, oh, it's time to like have darker days and warmer blankets. And I can bake again because I don't mind turning the oven on in the house. It's not 100 degrees outside. Yeah. Um, So I think that that's in part why people are reluctant to give up their love of the pumpkin spice (laughs) on everything. Totally. And I love it. It is a favorite flavor of mine. I love the fall. I love to bake. Fall is my favorite season because oh. I can finally just let things go. Yeah. Like I don't have to try to tame the jungle of my garden yeah. anymore. It's yeah. like at this point it's flying on its own and I can just yeah. know that it will wind down on its own. Right, right. Do you grow pumpkins? I do grow pumpkins. My favorite is called the Cinderella pumpkin. It's the Rouge Vifitomp is like the actual name, but people call it the Cinderella pumpkin. So it's that squat, really reddish orange one that's like really deeply lobed and it's yeah. an heirloom pumpkin. They're very sweet and have a really strong pumpkin flavor. There's a lot of pumpkin varieties out there that you can grow that might have the word pie or sugar. Those are the ones that are going to be great for cooking with. Yeah. You like to make your own pumpkin puree. I do. I love pumpkin for so many reasons. But yeah, yeah, one of the reasons is that it's so thrifty. I have this whole method on uh, my blog, which is called Hip Chick Digs, which I don't really actively write on anymore, but I'll link to it in the show notes. But it's a step-by-step guide on how to make the best pumpkin puree. It's really easy. Basically, you cut a pumpkin in half, scoop out the seeds, put the cut side down in the oven and roast it for like an hour. Then the flesh is really soft, so you can scoop it out, puree it. And then the secret to the best pumpkin puree is to line a colander with cheesecloth and put the puree in there and let all of that extra moisture just drip out of it. So it sort of concentrates that pumpkin flavor. Yeah. And then you get something nice and thick and creamy. And then I freeze it in muffin tins. 
And then once they're frozen, pop them out and put them in a Ziploc bag. So then you have these like perfect increments yeah. of pumpkin to use yeah. all year. It does freeze really well. I have also made my own pumpkin puree using your method and it does. It works really well. I find that it's a different flavor because, of course, canned pumpkin puree is usually not pumpkin. Yeah. It's usually, I believe, butternut squash. Mm-hmm. And so the flavor is a little bit different, but I really like it. And I feel like it's a little bit more orange. Mm-hmm. When I had the most success making my own pumpkin puree at home was when I really watched the consistency of it to make sure I was approximating the same consistency as the canned because uh-huh. most recipes are calling for canned pumpkin. So if you can sort of like use your cook's intuition to say like, this is too watery, I need to like drain out more of the liquid. Pumpkin puree out of a can is almost more like a paste. Right. Like the cons- consistency almost of tomato paste where you could like smear it on a right. thing of toast. Yeah. I have found, too, doing like tests of canned pumpkin versus fresh pumpkin. I think in most recipes, you can't ever tell the difference. Yeah. But I do really love like the closed loop food cycle. Right. So that's why I really enjoy the process of growing the pumpkin or else like getting it from the farmer's market, making it yourself, keeping it in the freezer. And then you just have it whenever you need it all year. Yeah. When Um, you puree it, are you using a food processor? Or a blender? I use either the food processor or an immersion blender. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I love the immersion blender. Yeah, yeah. Because then you don't even, you can just leave yeah. it in the big bowl. Right. Do you end up with like some stringiness? No. I feel like that's the thing in the can, you never get any stringiness because mm-hmm. it is like pureed to such a fine texture. Mm-hmm. And so when I have made my own puree before, I have done it twice sometimes. I don't get stringiness in mine. Yeah. I wonder if it's because I'm baking it for so long. Yeah, it could be. It's just kind of breaking down. I do love that it makes kind of a great natural substitute for cream, too, if you're doing vegan cooking. There's something about pumpkin puree that's just like very silky smooth when you get the right consistency. For sure. I think that can make things like creamy without having to add dairy. Well, I know that you and I both have a large (laughs) roster of wonderful pumpkin recipes that we return to every fall. Yeah. Hit me with some of your favorites. I have one that I think we both have a deep love for that needs to be at the top of the list. It's Moment in the Sun, which is the Smitten Kitchen pumpkin bread. It's so good. It's the best pumpkin bread. It's so good. It's the best. So the kitchen, the website had, I love it when they do this, when they have these side by side comparisons of like, we we tried nine different recipes from like major cookbook recipe writers, and we found the ultimate fill in the blank. So I think last year or a couple years ago, they had like the ultimate pumpkin bread and Deb Perlman from Smitten Kitchens, pumpkin bread from her website was like number one on the list. Yeah. And I made it and they were completely they were 100% totally right. totally right on. Yeah. I love pumpkin bread. Like what a special treat. It's got those warming spices. Deb Perlman's recipe, the Smitten Kitchen one that won that kitchen pumpkin bread off has a cinnamon sugar crust sort yeah. of like you dust the whole top of the bread before it goes in with cinnamon sugar and it makes the most like lovely sort of crackly cinnamon sugar crust on the top it's so good yeah i feel like we as a culture in the u.s have realized that we need crunch in everything yeah and, and so that like cinnamon sugar top gives you like the crunch that you crave even though the rest of the bread is just like silky and deep and heavy and wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It's dense down below. It's got that crackly Mm -hmm. cinnamon sugar thing happening on the top. Another secret to that recipe is that it calls for a healthy amount of sugar. Yeah. And I think that is what I love about Deb Perlman is she gives the people what they want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't shy away. Yeah. 
No, it's not like a Paula Deen level or something where it's just right. kind of like obscene. Right. But it, it, when you're making it, it is like, oh, this is well, kind of a lot. Pumpkin in a baked good, it does require quite a bit of sugar. Yeah. Otherwise, it goes savory. Right. Exactly. Which a savory quick bread might be delicious, too. But, but it's a whole different thing. That's a different. Yeah. That's an apple and an orange. Yeah, totally. Um, there's another pumpkin bread that I also like, which is the Grand Central Bakery pumpkin bread. They have a great um, cookbook. It's a little bit more substantial, like it has walnuts in it. Mm. Um, but I really like that. I mean, they sell that in their bakeries mm-hmm. in Portland and Seattle. And so um, I really like that pumpkin bread as well. Although I agree that the Smitten Kitchen one is the top. I mean, it's just really good. <laughs> it's so good. So the, the Grand Central baking recipe, does it make it like a little bit more savory then? <sighs> Like, how is it different yeah, or less sweet? it's a little sweet? less sweet because it doesn't have that cinnamon sugar thing happening on the top, but it does have nuts. Or I think you can do pumpkin seeds on the top, which is kind of nice. That sounds great. Um, I find on that one, I get just a little bit more of like a lift. Mm-hmm. Like it always has like a really beautiful top on it. It's really, really tasty. I feel like the spices are maybe just a little bit different too. Like Debs is maybe a little heavier on the cinnamon. Mm-hmm. This one is maybe a little heavier, heavier on the like nutmeg cloves. Okay. You know, I'll eat two kinds of pumpkin bread. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't those be happy problems? I know. Oh, man. What are um, some other of your breakfasty, bready things that you like to make with pumpkin? Okay, so one that's been a huge hit in my family is the New York Times Baked Pumpkin Donut. Ooh. So one thing that I bought in the last year and a half, and I'm not real big on like kitchen gadgets, but one of the things that I bought that has been a huge win is this donut pan. I love this donut so pan. So it is a nonstick six donut pans. You can make a baked donut in it. Basically like cooking muffins, except they come out shaped like a donut, which is so fun. That is really cool. Um, So this baked pumpkin donut recipe is really tasty. It's got like a really spot on spice mix, I feel like. Lots of pumpkin in there. They're really like moist and delicious. And then you can glaze them too, which like really sort of ups the ante. Oh, yeah. I made these last year on Thanksgiving weekend. So we went and stayed with my in-laws for like a number of days with my brother-in-law and like, you know, we were not the only overnight guests there for the weekend. My brother-in-law has a child who's a pretty picky eater. I think what happened was I and I ended up with extra pumpkin because I was making pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what am I going to do with this pumpkin? And so I went on the New York Times and I just was like looking for a pumpkin recipe to use it up. And I found this donut recipe and I made them and they're like, it's a spiced pumpkin donut. It's like a sweet thing, but... He looked at me and he was like, there's no way she would eat that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she like loved them. Like oh. she couldn't get enough. And so I ended up making them again during the weekend because it's kind of hard to find something for her to like really enjoy. To uh-huh. eat. And so at the end of the weekend, we joked that like the big hit of Thanksgiving was <laughs> the pumpkin donut, <laughs> which is really funny. So I think I'm going to put that on the rotation for Thanksgiving with my husband's family in the future. Are they easy to make? They're so easy to make. It's basically making muffin batter. Wow. I've got to run out and get a donut tin. That sounds it's awesome. Great. It's it's just a fun thing to have. And I feel like the kids really love it. And it's just a muffin. My like, kids would lose their mind if I made donuts at totally. home. Are you kidding? I, Especially, I mean, I've made a bunch of different donut-y things in there. They're all just cake batter. You put them in the thing. They're real easy to dip because of the shape, like to dip in a glaze. Yeah. And then if you have sprinkles, like, oh my what? <laughs> they lose their minds. They have no idea that real donuts are fried. Uh-huh. Like, it's cake with sprinkles on top. Yeah, that's could good you, enough. Could it get any better? <laughs> um, but yeah, I really liked the baked pumpkin. And I, I made them, I think, for my book club not too long ago. 
And I put like glazed them and put sprinkles on them and brought them to book club. And when my friend opened the door, she was like, did you make those? <laughs> it's like kind of amazing. I, they're so simple. That's like such a great idea for Thanksgiving breakfast. Yeah. Or like the morning after Thanksgiving, you know, if you're fun. Yeah. lucky enough to have that Friday off. Right. Right. Awesome. So I love those donuts. That's a great. They're really good. Great idea. Hit uh, me with another one. Well, another pumpkin bread recipe that I failed to mention and should is that Melissa Clark from the New York Times has a recipe that's a pumpkin bread with browned butter and bourbon. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it made my house smell amazing. And I love browned butter and I love bourbon. Uh, I thought the bourbon was a great addition and you could totally taste a very faint amount of it. It's not like you're taking a shot of bourbon or something. Right, right. But like there's a little bit you of a that note sort there. Of aroma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't think that you could actually taste the brown butter at all in the pumpkin bread. So it was mostly like it made my house smell amazing, but I couldn't detect it in the final thing. But okay. I don't really like need to do that. You right. know, it was still a delicious pumpkin. You've got bread. a lot of flavors already happening there. If you've got the brown butter and the warming spices yeah. and the pumpkin. I think that was it. So like the bourbon alone was like enough to make that a good recipe. But it it was not as sweet as the Smitten Kitchen one. Okay. It didn't have the crackly top. Yeah. So if you're going to make one like go go to our yeah. friend Deb, she yeah. will help you. <laughs> don't make just one, though. No, Don't I mean, let pumpkin season <laughs> pass you by. Right. This is a real opportunity. <laughs> it to should eat not be squandered. The donuts, muffins, I know. Breads. Yeah, the holiday pounds are not going to put themselves on alone. You need to help them. I mean, I like that. Like, season, just as a rant, I like the seasonal fluctuation of what we eat and that it's tied to the seasons. And in the fall, like, go ahead and eat some extra carbs, you know, eat some things that have higher like fat and sugar in it. And like, maybe your pants get a little bit snug. Maybe you should just be wearing things that are span or like elastic waistband. (laughs) You know, who's still wearing things in the waistband? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it naturally for me, like there's a natural cycle where then it like falls off, you know, again in the spring when I'm out like turning compost piles and stuff like that. So I think it's okay to just get a little fluffy during the winter. Follow that just coziness right to its natural conclusion. <laughs> oh, do you have any more baked goods that you want to shout out? I have so many baked goods, Renee. The thing is, is that we really tried to get like a wide variety of recipes for this. But the truth is, I just like pumpkin best in a baked good. So okay. all my favorites are baked goods with one exception. The one exception is um, an ice cream, actually. Ooh. From the Jenny's Homemade Ice Cream book. It's a pumpkin five spice ice cream. Mm. It's really good. Your kids might not like it. It's a little different. The thing I love about it is that it takes pumpkin and we always add those warming spices. It flips it on its head. And instead of adding those like that same sort of like Western combination of like cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, it goes the other way and it adds a Chinese five spice, Mm -hmm. which has that like sort of like fennel background to it. And oh, man, is it good. The spices almost make it sort of tingly on your tongue. And it's this nice bright orange color. Mm -hmm. I think that's really fun. And it certainly doesn't have to be just a fall thing. And it's a nice escape from the traditional spice mix. Mm -hmm. So I really like that ice cream. It's really good. But then I do have a couple of other baked goods to talk about. Let's Um, hear it. There's a really nice pumpkin maple muffin from the New York Times. It's an Allison Roman recipe. Okay. It has turmeric in it. They are so vibrantly yellow-orange. So is the turmeric really there for the color more than the I flavor? I think it's just there for the color. Smart. You do get a little bit of that, like, earthiness mm-hmm. from it. 
but it also has maple syrup in it. And so I feel like the turmeric maple and the spices really works well. They're delicious and they're really beautiful. So that's a fun one. And then speaking of muffins, there's another one that I really love. It's a pumpkin cream cheese muffin. It's also a New York Times recipe written by Yasi Arafi, our friend who wrote Snacking Cakes. We say our friend. We actually are not friends with her personally, but we no. are available, Yasi, if you <laughs> but are you know interested. What? Yossi, <laughs> I, we're here. <laughs> You know, it's funny, when we did our season one wrap-up, we talked about who could do no wrong. I'm starting to think maybe Yasi Arafi can do no wrong. Yeah. She nails it time and time again. And she's been producing a lot of content for the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And it's just been, like, out of the park every time for me. Is I she feel like always, I can really trust her. Is she always doing baked goods? For She th- does a lot of baked goods, but not all baked goods. No, okay. she's got some, like, mains and stuff on there as well. I do really love the New York Times, and I really love having... This is not sponsored. (laughs) Um, I do really love having their cooking app. Like, we were subscribers to the news before we added on the cooking thing. But I just love the ability to, like, go through thousands and thousands and thousands of recipes and, like, search by just pumpkin or search by just author. So, like, for Yossi Arafi, for example, just to be able to, like, click a button and look at, like, all of the recipes that she's created. Yeah, totally. It's really cool. So she's got this pumpkin cream cheese muffin. The method to make this is very similar to her snacking cake method. So it's basically a one bowl thing, which is, bless her, (laughs) so easy. So it's a nice, like, spiced pumpkin base. You make this streusel topping on top, which is like a cinnamon, butter, sugar, flour thing. And then you, like, take a hunk of cream cheese and you just pinch off little teaspoon mm-hmm. like teaspoon sized chunks into the batter and then you just barely mix them until they're like mixed around so when you eat the muffin there are little hunks of cream cheese in them that are that is not sweetened and so it's a sweet muffin but it has this sort of like savory twang to it because you get these bites of this just like straight up cream cheese wow you really like sold me on it when you just said that initially when I heard muff like pumpkin muffin with cream cheese I was like okay this goes too far right but when you describe basically what I interpret as little pockets of heaven of like savory heaven that you are pulling apart with the sweet bread yes that makes it way more interesting it's so good it's a really great recipe and it was so simple to make just like dead simple I bet you could use vegan cream cheese and it would be fine yeah I'm sure I'm gonna try that Yasi Arafi also gave us a pumpkin chocolate chip cookie recipe oh, on the New York Times. Okay. I think pumpkin cookies are really interesting. They are. Because they are not really a cookie in a lot of ways. I feel like it's more cake-like. The moisture content is so much higher. Mm-hmm. So she's got this pumpkin chocolate chip cookie on the New York Times. And she says right in the head note on the recipe that it basically is more like a muffin top mm-hmm. than a cookie. Because the moisture content is so high in that pumpkin. Isn't that so nice, though, to not always have a chewy cookie yeah. or a crispy cookie? Like, I think we need to make space in our lives for soft cookies. For other textures. I love a soft cookie. And I have had a really good pumpkin chocolate chip cookie before, like from a bakery. And it's that same thing. It's just a sort of like toothsome, really soft, almost muffiny kind of cookie. Yeah. And it's kind of just its own thing. I love that. And I think those cookies were really, really good. There's a recipe for a pumpkin cookie with raisins. That's for the low protein community, for people who have PKU or MSUD. 
Um, it's on the Cook for Love website. They also have a pumpkin donut, which Ooh, I have made, okay. which is really good. But, you know, if you don't have a protein restricted diet, I wouldn't necessarily think that these are worth you going down that sure. rabbit hole. But for people who have like some dietary restrictions around that, those are great recipes that have worked for me. And they also have a pumpkin cookie that you can add raisins to. But in my house, we add chocolate chips. Yeah. And we had the same outcome where it was just a really delicious, like soft cookie. It was so just good. perfect for fall. Yeah. I know my little guy, Nathan, who's four, I sent one in his lunchbox. Mm -hmm. And when he came home, he goes, Mom, why was that cookie so soft? <laughs> and I was like, wow, you were really paying attention. That's so cute. I thought it would be perfect for a lunchbox. Yeah, man, great. Gold star, Mom. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> my kids are just going through the lunch line this year, which I'm very pleased about. Oh, good. Let's take a quick break, but when we come back, we have got to continue the dessert conversation, and we still have all of these like savory mains that we haven't even gotten to yet. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll be right back. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Rinquist in her Portland, Oregon studio, and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she's with you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at Dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. Pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we talk about the like star of pumpkin desserts? Yeah. Pumpkin pie. Let's talk about pumpkin pie. Kind of a whole other thing. Yeah. Do you it, like pumpkin pie? I like pumpkin pie. Yeah. My husband loves pumpkin pie. It's his favorite. Okay. So it makes me feel great to make it because yeah. I, I'm all about gift of service. So yeah. if I can make something that is really going to be enjoyed by someone, that yeah. makes me happy. Do you have a go-to pumpkin pie recipe? I do now. Okay. Uh, my favorite pumpkin pie recipe is the Honey Pumpkin Pie by Julia Tertian, yeah. which is in her latest book, Simply Julia. That's one that we recipe tested uh, before the book was out. That recipe headline alone just spoke to me because I love that you're using honey in it instead of just all sugar. And I think it calls for fresh pumpkin. Yeah. Or if it doesn't, I used fresh pumpkin because I make my own pumpkin puree. It is interesting the way she wrote the recipe because it has a ginger cookie crust yeah. instead of like a graham cracker crust, yeah. which I have made. But in hindsight, I think I just really prefer pumpkin pie to be in a traditional all butter crust. Right. And so that's my method now okay. is that I make the recipe as written for her. I just sub in my crust and I par-bake it. Okay. So I'm using the Alice Waters all-butter crust. Alice Waters yeah. crust, yeah. So I make that, I par-bake it, and then I pour the filling in, and then I bake it, as Julia says. Okay. And the house smells incredible. Oh, man. I mean, you can smell the, the honey. honey really does add sort of like an, a whole other dimension to that pie. Yeah, I just love honey as a sweetener in general because yeah. it's yeah, it has way more depth. I like that one. I did have sort of the same reaction when we recipe tested it. And then when I made it again, in my mind, a press in cookie crust is sort of too casual for a pumpkin pie. I remember you saying that. <laughs> and I was like, that's the perfect way to describe it. Because yeah, pumpkin pie is like the thing that everybody's waiting for at yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it is a bit casual. Right, right. It's a bit casual. So I also prefer a butter crust. My go-to butter crust is the America's Test Kitchen all butter crust. But man, yeah, I love a butter pie crust. I used to think so that yummy. butter pie crust, I did enjoy like the process of making it. Yeah. I think that's how I feel about a lot of cooking and baking in general is like the process is fun. Not right. on like a Tuesday weeknight when you're no. trying to get kids to no. soccer, but I mean on the weekend. When you have some time to stretch out and yeah. work in your kitchen. But then you are the one who told 
who told me how you make your butter crust in the food processor. So yeah. I had been doing it by hand with like an old fashioned oh pastry cutter for yeah. decades. No. And now <laughs> I just do it in the food processor and then it so easy. really lowers the bar on how yeah. much time and effort it takes to make and the butter crust. And I feel crust. like it's so effective too. It really distributes that butter without melting it, mm-hmm. without introducing your hands into it. Yeah, that was a real game changer for me too. My go-to pumpkin pie is the America's Test Kitchen pumpkin pie, which I have made for Thanksgiving every year for probably the last 10 years. I think it's really great. It's got heavy cream and eggs and then pumpkin and and the spice mix. As it should. I know that there is all this talk about the pumpkin pie as a Thanksgiving like tradition in America came to be during a time where it's like sort of like commercial foods were like becoming a thing. Industrialized food was becoming a thing. And so I know a lot of people use sort of a more traditional, like the traditional pumpkin pie is more like sweetened condensed milk. Right. With Libby's canned pumpkin. Yeah, exactly. And so I get that for a lot of people, it's like an industrial food sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I love that they took that stuff out, took it back to the basics. As part of that recipe, you re-blend the pumpkin to get any stringiness out. And then you cook it like for a few minutes to get, they say to like get the canned taste out of it. So Mm -hmm. you can use your own pumpkin, obviously. But if you are using canned pumpkin, they have you cook it. To get that sort of like canned flavor out of the pumpkin, which I think does really help. So there is a pumpkin pie that I would really like to try and I might try this year on Thanksgiving. It's called The Ultimate Pumpkin Pie. It's a New York Times recipe by Melissa Clark. And I have a very close friend who lives in Denmark who made it last year for Thanksgiving and she could not stop talking about how delicious it was and like the spice mix was just right. She does have you make your own pumpkin puree from butternut squash. It is really technically like a butternut squash pie. But you could easily make it with pumpkin. Right, of course. But because I think traditionally canned pumpkin is actually butternut squash, I think that is kind of like a fun twist on that. Okay. And then, you know, it calls for like cream and butter and it does have some bourbon in it. I mean, I think bourbon and pumpkin is like a match made in heaven. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's on my list to try in the future. I have made the Sam Sifton Thanksgiving How to Cook It Well pumpkin pie recipe also. And that used to be my go-to before the Julia Tertian one kind of bumped it out of its place. He talked in that head note for that recipe about how what people want is canned pumpkin. Yeah. I've still used fresh pumpkin in that recipe though. It's okay to evolve. Like, right. I mean, we don't need to just be making the same thing from the fifties because that's like what some people want. Let's shift a a little bit, you know, and people... Every year I get questions from people about like, is it really worth it to do like a fresh pumpkin versus the canned pumpkin? And the answer is always going to be like, no, you know, but that doesn't mean that you should (laughs) still do it. It's like, of course, the canned pumpkin is going to win every time. It's like, you're not going to taste the difference. Probably it's already made. How easy to just open the top. It's a consistent industrial product. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's like endured. But that doesn't mean that you should always use that. Like, it's okay to do a little bit of extra effort and support your farmer. And you and I (laughs) enjoy that extra effort. I mean, as people who love to cook and love to work with our hands in the kitchen, I mean, there's a certain amount of joy to that. Can we talk about breakfast? (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about breakfast. Okay, back to our friend Yasi Arafi, who's not really our friend yet from the New York Times. I want her to be my friend. I love her. She has this recipe called Fluffy Pumpkin Pancakes. Oh, man. Which is, again, like another totally awesome breakfast for a family. I mean, it's great for adults too, but my kids get so excited when we make that. Yeah. And again, because the pumpkin adds such a nice like richness and depth of flavor, 
it makes me feel good making pancakes when we have breakfast yeah. for dinner night that have pumpkin in it because it's like a little bit of a seasonal nod. It's a little bit more interesting. When yeah. you put maple syrup on the top, it's going to taste totally awesome yeah. because pumpkin and maple are also a match made, match in, made heaven. in heaven. Yeah. So that recipe I highly recommend. Put bourbon in the maple syrup <laughs> and then it's a trifecta made in heaven. You know what you could do? You could make the fluffy pumpkin pancakes and then you could warm on the stove a combination oh. of butter with maple syrup with a dash of bourbon in oh. it. Oh, that sounds so good. Okay. Gild the lily. Yeah, maybe not for the kids. <laughs> do you want to talk about dinner? Yeah. I mean, I know we just had breakfast and dessert, but <laughs> yeah, I really love incorporating pumpkins into the main meal, yeah. like a savory uh, main dish. And there are two recipes that I got a shout out. The first is a coconut curry chickpea with pumpkin and lime from Yum. Melissa Clark Yum. from the New York Times. It calls for a whole can of pumpkin, okay. which I appreciate yeah. because it's so annoying when you make a recipe and it's like one and three quarters can. <laughs> what am can. I going to do with the rest of this? Yeah. yeah. And I just like that it's adding an extra vegetable too, okay. but it's yeah. like almost becomes a sauce yeah. and then you can spoon it over some delicious like coconut rice or whatever you want to do. So that's a really, really great and very easy weeknight main. Yeah. So you should try that. And then the other recipe that's pretty epic that I've been making for a few decades is called a pumpkin stuffed with everything good. It's by Dory Greenspan, Yum. who's amazing. You can find the recipe on the Epicurious website. We'll link to it in the show notes. Forget having a turkey at Thanksgiving. Like this would be a beautiful main dish. Okay. You get a whole pumpkin, you scoop out the inside, and then you basically stuff it with everything that is good. And it's really, the recipe is written more as like a template. Oh, interesting. Or okay. an outline. So you can sort of customize it. Yes. So she gives you like all the things that you need to make it and okay. have it turn out great. But I have riffed on this recipe so much over the years. So you stuff it with bread chunks, you know, stale bread chunks okay. like you would with stuffing. There's Gruyere cheese in there. Ooh. There's heavy cream. There's garlic. You can put some bacon in there if you want. Okay. You could put some sausage in there if you want, but it's totally fine without those things. Yeah. So I think it's very customizable to be a vegetarian main right? or put some meat in there if you have people who feel like they need that or even make it vegan, which I have done like several times also. Yeah. And then you roast the whole thing together in the oven. Okay. So when it comes... How long does that have to roast for? It takes a long time to roast in the oven. So you put the cap back on it and then you put it in the oven on like a baking sheet or something. Okay. And it roasts for about two hours. Okay. It could be as short as 90 minutes. I think that you know when it's done just right. by looking at the pumpkin because it starts to get, you know, glistening on the outside yeah. and a little bit browned. Then you can just gently slide the whole thing out, roast it on the thing that you're going to serve it sure. on like some sort of like nice looking baking dish. And then you can just set it on the table like that. And what then a showstopper. Total showstopper. I mean, it would be really fun even if you had like smaller like pie pumpkins. I mean, a yeah. lot of effort, though, to like make them individually sure. for people. That would be a really beautiful like. And that would cut down your cooking time. Yeah. We, we usually use like a giant yeah. Cinderella pumpkin. God, and that's then, so beautiful. It is. And then you can just cut off these like big wedges of pumpkin with all the goo inside. Wow. Yeah. That Ugh. sounds delicious. Just got really hungry thinking about that. <laughs> it's actually very forgiving and pretty easy. And okay. I just love the endless ability to customize that. I feel like pumpkin also is something that you can easily throw into a lot of different dishes for dinner, even if they don't like call it out. As yeah, a thing in the that's recipe. so true. That's so true. Because it is kind of a blank canvas. I think that's why it works so well with like 
that spice mix that we pair with it so often, it can go sweet, it can go savory, like it is really a versatile Mm -hmm. vegetable. And you can puree it into a sauce and then just add it to like whatever pasta sauce you're making. Right. And then add a little cream and like a little garlic and just toss that with pasta or toss that with ravioli. And that's like a really easy, easy way to incorporate that. It works well in soups too. In soups, it's doing that job of making it creamy without adding cream. Yeah. Pumpkin (gasps) spice latte. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sure has zero pumpkin in it. I mean, who knows what they're putting in those pump things? And I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte, if you've ever seen the actual syrup, it is like shockingly bright orange. Do they do that just so that it will show up in the cup? Probably. It can't really be pumpkin. Yeah, because people are having it with a latte, which is mostly milk, which which is is white. So if they put something orange. It turns the milk quite orange. Mm -hmm. Like if you've ever taken the lid off of your pumpkin spice latte, it is shockingly orange. That's such a scam. I know. (laughs) My hot take on the pumpkin spice latte is... I love it. I think the Starbucks one is too sweet. But what I love about the pumpkin spice latte is that they made it such like a cultural icon that every other coffee shop out there has made their own version of a pumpkin spice latte or or a seasonal latte. Like they get that there's like a lot of demand for this like fall flavors in your coffee thing happening. Mm -hmm. And like the other ones tend to be awesome. So I tend to seek them out somewhere else. Nutmeg in my coffee, bring it on. What I want is those warming spices. I don't necessarily want this like bright orange syrup situation. I appreciate the existence of the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte because it has spawned so many other delicious concoctions. I mean, Starbucks is credited with creating a whole genre. I mean, of course, there were coffee shops before Starbucks, but it wasn't a part of people's regular budget. Like if you look at people's monthly budget, there's like a line item for coffee that didn't exist 20, 30, 40 years ago crazy. We wanted to say a quick thank you to Allison Jazzer and Frank the P for leaving us some awesome five-star reviews. It means so much. It made our whole day to see your reviews. So thank you. And we sure hope that you're going to join us next time when we'll be cooking from now and again by Julia Tertian. Sarah, why did we pick this book? Well, you know, we love Julia Tertian <laughs> and this is her second book. It's menu based, which is really different than her first book. And so I feel like we have a lot to say about how that works for our sort of like cooking flow. And um, and we've definitely got some favorite recipes in that book. That will be a great discussion. I'm excited. Cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review really helps other home cooks find us too. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye.